All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Searching for a Political Identity. Angela, thanks for being with me again. Thank you. So a couple weeks ago, Angela and I spoke, and that was episode 77, I think. You can go listen to that. You should. But we're here again for two reasons. One, we wanted to have another conversation that was in the just regular format of my podcast rather than that rally debates structure, which is cool, but it's not my normal thing. So here we are. We wanted to talk uh, just kind of an unstructured environment. And also, I sent you a, an article the other day, Angela, and you had strong thoughts on it. The bottom line of the article was that trans people in I forget what state, they were, given, they were being given a really hard time, as you were just refreshing my memory, to vote because their IDs, their voter IDs, did not match necessarily the way they are presenting, appearing at the moment. And you had strong thoughts on that. So please hit me with them. Okay. First of all, the article was a general thing. It wasn't directed about any one particular state. And this is a very large problem in states that have voter ID laws. Now, I'm going to preface this by telling you that, first of all, I am the chair of the Trans Caucus of the North Carolina Democratic Party. We are the only caucus specifically related to trans that has been approved and sanctioned by a major political party in the United States. In, pretty sweet. in North Carolina. Really? That's I'm the chair very of cool. that. I'm also a precinct chair. So one of my major duties as a precinct chair is to drive, get out the vote efforts. Okay. I also am the first vice chair of Eastern Wake Democrats. And in my capacity as chair of the Trans Caucus, I both serve on the Platform and Resolutions Committee of the Democratic Party of North Carolina. And the second thing is that I'm also an officer. I serve on the State Executive Committee as well as the State Executive Council of the North Carolina Democratic Party. So I'm fairly well involved. Yeah, this uh, my head would explode. I mean, that's a lot of councils and meetings and minutes. It is. I'm also, by the way, I should have mentioned, too, I'm also the recording secretary for the executive committee of Congressional District 2 here in North Carolina. This just sounds like hell. Are you enjoying any of that? <laughs> well, it's a lot of work. Unfortunately, with most volunteer organizations and the Democratic Party is no different. Ninety percent of the work ends up getting done by about 10 percent of the people. So, you know, until recently, uh, I owned my own business and I could really kind of set my own schedule and it was pretty flexible. So I ended up, uh, you know, getting into a lot of these things. And now, of course, I have a job where somebody else sets my schedule. So what business were you in? I was doing medical billing and coding from home. Hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Well, eh, not really. It, it, it didn't sound that cool, cool but I just thought I'd well, say that. Well, let, let, let's just say that if you enjoy fighting with insurance companies all day, every day, it's a cool job. <laughs> oh, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. So here, here you are now. And how, so how long have you been this active with these political groups? Well, I have been an activist for transgender rights almost literally since I came out in 1993. I did my first lobbying in Washington in 1995. Remind us how old you were in 93? In 93, I was 22 years old. But you didn't have your surgery until about 2001, right? 2002, actually. Two. I was 31 when I had my surgery, but mm. I was already living publicly as a female. 
That's amazing. Now, I, I came out in 1993 and I still worked in my former male persona until 1997. So I was doing something that we would have called back then called riding Roman, if you will. Riding Roman. Yeah. Huh. If you've ever, if you ever seen people no. riding a horse Roman, they're actually riding two horses, one foot on each horse. Hmm. So that's hmm. how that phrase came to be. Wow. It, was called, it was called riding Roman, but. Wow. I can add that to my collection now. Uh, and fish over ham. <laughs> wow. So go on. Tell me, this is interesting. Tell me your story. Okay. So as I said, I've been an ad advocate for a lot of years. And I mean, I could, I could fill up a whole show with talking about that. So I'm just going to kind of fast forward to when I came here to North Carolina in 2014, I came down here literally with the intention of basically retiring from all this activism and political work and you name it. Okay. I was just going to live out the rest of my life in peace and quiet. How long ago again, did you move? 2014. As the woman that I have always been and finally had become right in a place where nobody knew my past. So this was final and this was endgame. Basically, it was intended to be. I mean, and it's just a perfect example of how life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Mm. Because in 2016, we had HB2 pass here in North Carolina. And that mm. drew me back into the game. Tell me about that. Now, the main reason why I got involved, even though I had a birth certificate that said I'm female, the law didn't impact me. I was still able to use the uh, ladies' bathroom, okay? Right. But in 1998, I was attending college in Louisville, Kentucky, and Matthew Shepard was killed. I don't know if you remember hearing about that at all. I mean, I think your age is a little bit younger than mine. Mm -hmm. it, it is Matthew, and the name yeah, rings a bell yeah you ever heard of the laramie project uh matt shepherd was the gay man who was beat up and then tied to a fence and left to die was this in college yes it was in college and what year was that again it was in 1998 98 yeah i i think i'm just, just so vaguely familiar with the, the name yeah Ugh. okay Anyway, so five days after Matt Shepard was killed, and this is like national news. It's not like just gay news. So he was a gay man? Yes. That's all. He was just, he was gay. And he got, yes, oh, he was wow. gay. Okay. And the thing is, is this was national news. It wasn't just in the gay press. It was on the front page of newspapers across the country. Mm -hmm. Well, five days after it happened, the dean of my college in Kentucky at the time told me that I could only use male restrooms on campus. This after I had already been attending for an entire semester using ladies bathrooms and not having any issue, you know, and presenting as now, female, obviously. Right. Or were you and presenting well, as female? I was presenting as female. I had a driver's license issued by the state of Kentucky that said I was a female, but mm -hmm. it was known that I had not yet had surgery. Right. You had this thing dangling. A very <laughs> unwanted thing, but yeah. Mm. Amazing. And I know probably a whole bunch of guys are probably clenching their legs together. Right oh, now. yeah. I say I mean, that, it's just but, like, how? but that's the <laughs> thing we can't understand because we're not exactly the same. You know, I guess well, so exactly. it's your brain. Well, so, Angela, is it the brain? Is, is it your brain that says, no, this isn't a match? Get this. You well, know? I don't know if it's the brain or what it is, but I can tell you we're definitely wired very differently than, than cisgender person. men are. Right. You know, I mean, and, and that's the thing that those 
people who stand against us still can't seem to understand we're wired very differently. It's not your cock we're after. It's our own. (laughs) Well, it, I wouldn't have put it that way, but why not? It's perfectly said, no. <laughs> well, well, don't uh, so so don't don't cis people and people who are not familiar with your community fear that they want to, you guys want to turn everyone gay and trans. Well, you know, if I had the power to turn another person trans or gay, mm. if I had that power. I think I would actually use that power to make the world a little less hateful and a little kinder and a little more compassionate. You'd turn Putin, you would, is Putin your first target? Well, he'd be up there and he'd be up there in my targets. Um, hmm. I, I would see, I mean, who else would I put in that target list? Kevin uh, McCarthy. J.K. Rowling is a good example of somebody I'd put mm. in that in that list. Yeah, what an interesting story she has become. Oh, tell me about it. She, she's actually got me a different form of dysphoria than I've ever had before, because I find myself in a position now where I love the work and I loathe the author. Mm-hmm. Never have had that happen to me before. Well, I grew up on Harry Potter, so I'm, I'm oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I'll tell you, I got into Harry Potter originally because the right wing got all up in a fuss about Harry Potter and they wanted to burn the books and ban them and everything else. And (laughs) anyone who knows anything about me, will tell you that the fastest way to get me to read something is to try to ban it or burn it. Mm -hmm. It moves right to the top of my reading. Yeah. Me and my buddy, we would, we would be like sixth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And we would just hang out together. We'd get the books and, and we just, hang out each reading our own copy i mean it was that level of just hours and hours and hours you would devour those books in a day and a half absolutely absolutely anyway but getting back to what i was saying about being well now she's a she's a turf yeah i know and what's the deal with that so what's that trans exclusionary radical feminist Yes, that whatever. is uh, that is label, what it label, whatever. Erf turf, by the yeah. way, for those who are. But she's when, and that means what? She's just against. She's not against anybody. She's really, but she would say probably she's pro. She doesn't want. She's really well, pro. The, the people who yeah. we would call turfs, they call themselves GC or gender critical. Explain that for me, please. I wish I could explain it for uh, you. I can't. You'd have to get somebody who is GC to explain that to you because I don't understand how their minds are working. Hmm. You know, so what does she do then? Let me tell you what I don't understand about them, okay? These basically are women who are, or at, at least ostensibly, are fighting for their own empowerment by trying to rob another group of their empowerment. How does that work? Yeah. So I guess the landscape is, these people are afraid that trans rights and calling trans women that it women, somehow takes away from so women. to speak yeah it's it's you'd like to think that you could hold both ideas at once and and see how they don't really conflict with each other now why does a smart person think they do conflict because she's not dumb there's a lot of they're not dumb why are they, what is this fear based on that? To be honest with you, I don't know. I can tell you that when I first came out, the women of my church, I was a Unitarian at the time. The women of my church actually even held a welcome to womanhood ritual for me. I mean, it was that accepting. I, I was I was blown away because literally they got me to the church. They, on a it's like, how did they know what was, to do? 
they gave me a, they gave, they got me to the church on the pretext of that. I was going to be setting up for something or something. I don't know. And then they sprung that on me. And basically what it was, it was like the pagan group at the church that had done that. So they kind of basically made up their own ritual and it was really, really nice. Actually, it was really beautiful. Mm. So, you know, but yeah, that sounds nice. But getting back to what I was saying about Matt Shepard. Okay. So then the dean of the college said that I could only use men's bathrooms on campus. And so I. So you're saying when he, when that happened, things got a little more tense. Well, no, basically he's setting me up basically to be the next Matt Shepard is how I see it, Mm. you know, and every compromise that I offered, this man was refused. I even offered to limit myself to one communal ladies restroom, which was only a two seater. And it was on the second floor of the building near Mm. most of my classes. Listen so to that all this any, negotiating so, so, you have to do. So that if any other woman, so that if any other woman didn't want to run into me the, in the bathroom, they just had to avoid that one bathroom. That's it. Mm. That wasn't even good enough. The guy was determined basically to make me into the next Matt Shepard. And he's like, well, there's going to be security guards on campus, you know. And I'm like, yeah, and your security guards do what for me when some guy decides he doesn't like me in my skirt in the men's bathroom? And decides to follow me home and kick the crap out of me there. Mm. And he had no answer for it. So, you know, I came to the conclusion that my safety was not of a concern to this university. And that they were going to do nothing to protect me. And so in the light, in in the wake of Matt Shepard, I found I had no choice but to drop out. Mm. That's terrible. Now, my thing is. I dropped out a little bit more than two weeks into the new semester. So to add insult to injury, I was forced to pay for a semester of education I never got. Mm. And just recently, I've managed to right that wrong because I got back in touch with that college. And now they're giving me 12 free credit hours online. Oh, that's cool. That's really nice. It's not free because I paid for it back in 1998, but it's free to me now. So, So, you know, I mean, they've evolved at that college since then. But at any rate, in 2016, that hadn't happened yet. And 2016, HB2 passed here in North Carolina. And I said to myself, I'll be damned if I can sit there and say nothing and do nothing when college students today are going to be forced to make the same horrible choice I had to make back in 1998. Hell no. So I got back involved, which I never wanted to do. Mm. And must have been infuriating because you felt like it's square one. Oh, it was. And the thing is, too. I mean, I spoke on the floor of the North Carolina House when they were passing that bill. And my then legislator in the House side in North Carolina, his name was Chris Malone. He came to me after the vote. He voted for the bill, by the way. He's a Republican. He voted for the bill. And then he had the nerve to come up to me afterwards and say, oh, hey, Angela, I wanted to tell you your words on the floor really moved me. Hi, about Saul Red. I mean, I just looked right at him. I'm like, yeah, Chris, my words moved moved. You. I was like, yeah, Chris, my words moved. You just not enough change your vote. Right. Yeah. And then it flashed across the back of my mind. And I want to say it exactly what flashed across the back of my mind. I said to myself, I am going to run against this son of a bitch. Mm. And that's Amazing. what led in part to my run for the North Carolina Senate in 2020. Now, if when I moved down here in 2014, if you would have told me in 2020 I'd be running for our state Senate, I would have told you you were nucking futs. Mm. You know? Wow. So that's so, what's going on. 
Mm -hmm. You know, and and, and we keep having these laws and rules and, and things brought up to make our already difficult lives even more difficult. Why? We're not hurting anybody, at least not objectively. You know, maybe some people may be a little uncomfortable about people like us. Well, that's what you call subjective harm. And I'm not responsible if my very existence happens to make you uncomfortable. That's not my problem. And you don't have a right to make it my problem. That's, you know, that's yeah. That's, that's a called good subjective point. harm. And you can't right. legislate against subjective harm. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's, exactly a, good, that's a good lead do. into what I was thinking, which is that all our assumptions about freedom of autonomy and privacy, they're being upended. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, the trans community is not alone in feeling concerned about their rights. Well, of course not. I mean, come right. on, we just had, we just had row overturned. Right. Come so on. in this environment, you know, how deep does the rabbit hole go? How, how far back? Oh, indeed. And I'm going to tell you something about Roe. Okay. I'm not serious. I'm, I'm not kidding. Okay. Now I have been out trans since 1993. I was 22 years old. When I came out, I turned 23. I was already out. Okay. For most of my life that it was biologically possible for me to reproduce. Right. I never cared one way or another about pro-choice, pro-life. It didn't matter to me, okay? Because, I mean, first of all, I'm just not really all that interested in, let's just say, bedroom gymnastics, to be polite. Right. But I'm more or less, I'm asexual, okay? I really don't have a desire for that with anybody, period. You think that's, so, is that a naturally occurring thing for you? don't know if there's there there are some other potential things that may come into play that may have led to that uh right let's let's just say that my brother and i don't speak anymore to mm. let's to put a <laughs> fine point on it you know what i'm saying wow yeah okay i would thought we were talking hormones or something but that's even no, different no, that's no. different yeah, yeah like i said that may have a lot to do with wow it. oh goodness so go on anyway getting back to what i'm saying here about you know now i just completely lost where we were Do you mind yeah 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 second? so uh we were talking about privacy rights oh, oh yeah and how oh yeah far they're yeah, gonna right. go pro-choice right. pro-life yeah. right yeah okay i never cared about those issues and then of course when it became chemically and then later surgically impossible for me to reproduce again why would i care about that stuff why would it matter to me? I can't father or mother a child. Why does it matter? I'm right. going to tell you why it matters to me. Because those who are on the pro-choice side are fighting for bodily autonomy. Right. Which is the very same thing we trans people are fighting for. Yeah. Bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Again, right. I said in our first debate, the country is founded upon life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, this is our pursuit of happiness. Yeah. We have no other way in which we can have the chance to have a happy life. And I guess the, well, you know. I mean, let's one, face, look, look, yeah, I'm ahead. trans, okay? And I'm going to tell Get you. the hell out of here. What we do 
is certainly what most people would consider extreme. Okay. Well, I'll grant that it is okay. pretty drastic. Okay. Okay. It's right. not a decision that any of us makes right. lightly. Right. Fair. You know, I don't just wake up one morning and say, Hey, I'm going to be a girl. I think it'd be fun to be a girl. Right. And that's, and that's, yeah. And a and woman sure no does one, not yeah. just one day say, Hey, I want to get an abortion. Mm. I mm. mean, it's, 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 it's a gut wrenching decision. Mm. for them. That's a good connection there. Yeah. You know, I mean, people treat these things as if they're not real they situations. Yeah. And we don't. Yeah, that's good. And the conservatives will say, and I studied Roe and Casey in law school just before. Uh, yeah. And just ACB. for those listeners who don't understand, Casey is the uh, law that basically said that they couldn't ban contraception. Correct? No, no, actually. Um Casey, in my understanding, is that Roe versus Wade came in what was it like seventy three and that's right and 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 said that women have there's a right to that said the right to get an abortion was encompassed within the right to privacy that Correct. had already existed and Correct. the thing is and um, by the way that same uh, reasoning was that same reasoning was applied in Loving versus Virginia which got rid of miscegenation laws in this country yeah the the so which allowed uh, people of different right quote, races, and it's, and, and it's, it's the very premise upon which people like clarence thomas right now in our supreme court are talking about undoing obergfell because that same reasoning was used in obergfell yeah and so and so the contraception but you never hear him, as well but you never hear him talk about reversing loving versus virginia do you uh well you know i haven't been following honestly but yeah i what what would he have to say about that I think he would have to say marriage, you know, I think, yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) he would, I think it's possible. I'd love to ask him. I think he would say that it, that the States probably, probably have a right, you know, I don't know. Cause that's the thing. Um, Well, what the thing is literally with the GOP, it's rights for me, but none for thee. That's what it is. Well, hold on. Let me break it down for for the the legal part because I had the pleasure of studying this stuff, and I'm not an expert. Yes. But so Casey then said, "Yeah, it's actually not so much the right to privacy that we're basing this right to get an abortion in; it's the right to bodily autonomy, as you say." So for me, Casey is the one that okay, said, so, yeah, so "Hold the on, one Angela. Would... Hold on. Hold on." Uh, okay. So so conservatives will say and this is kind of ironic because everyone believes in a right to you know be secure in your persons and your house and your papers and you know you don't want to be molested well, that's, fourth, that's fourth amendment so, right, right so they say there, there's a right to privacy but there's actually the conservatives will say actually there is no right to privacy in the constitution that grants uh such a thing you can't just read into the constitution that there's a right to an abortion that there's a right to contraception, the right to gay marriage. It's like these things should be left up to the states is the conservative argument. So if he wants to be intellectually consistent, I think Thomas would say, yeah, it should be left up to the states to decide if loving is good law. And, and, and basically, I think that that position is, hey, the states, let the states decide. And that is, you know, you tra- so how far do you want to go? What about segregation? Was it wrong? So on that reasoning, well, I, it's like I would argue. Just, I would argue that an American's rights shouldn't be dependent on their zip code. Okay. 
yeah, that is definitely the counter argument. And that is the argument we see. And I was also going to bring up the thing with contraception. Then that was Griswold versus Connecticut then, correct? I believe it was. Yes. Okay. So I I had those. So now we're going back. We're reaching all the way back. And and there's conservatives are saying, Republicans say, hey, we don't want to live in a country where in my state, I can't ban contraception. I want to ban contraception because we think you should live a certain way morally. And it gets down to whether or not. Well, you know. What do you say to that? I'll tell you what I say to it. I am a woman. I know the lie of one size fits all, okay? You want to live your way? That's fine. No one's going to stop you from it. You have no right to tell me how I should live. If I'm not actually harming you, then you have no right. I'll go back to something that was said by Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis. Mm -hmm. And he said, your right to swing your fist ends where my nose begins. Right. Yeah. So pro-choice, you know, in law school, I found myself supporting both Roe and Casey. And I said, you know, those are great opinions. Fantastic. And uh, Casey, written by Sandra Day O'Connor, appointed by Reagan. Mm -hmm. And I found myself very moved by that one. So, you know, that's my starting point. And that's why I support. That's why I say I support LGBTQ rights at the same time i try to always see the logic and perspective of the conservatives just to that's what i like to do because you know so many conservatives who are good people and they really don't so it's really about the politicians i think that all right i'm I'm about to go southern on you for a second here go ahead let me get my sweet tea now I'm just going to say this to you as if you were a conservative right now, which I know you're not. Okay. Well, you're talking about trying to see the conservative perspective and that's what brought this to me. Okay. Very simple. You know, I try to see things from your perspective, but I just can't get my head that far up my tail. Mm. Right. I'm sorry. I'm just done being nice with some of these people. They don't know how to be nice. So why should I continue to be nice? I've been well, nice we have very different years. experiences, no doubt. I've been nice for 30 years and I'm tired of being nice. No, good for you. You, you should stick up for yourself. No question. No <laughs> I mean, question. That's just it. I'm just tired of being nice. You know, it's on like Donkey Kong as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, it's that's that makes sense. And I'm searching for political identity and looking to talk to people. And here you are telling me it's fucking on, man. Yeah, it's on like Donkey Kong. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just done being nice. And now. This Vice article you showed me about the voter ID laws causing problems for trans people, which I knew was going to happen. And in fact, it even happened here in North Carolina, too. We had we as I mentioned at the start of this, I'm the chair of the Transgender Caucus of the North Carolina Democratic Party. We were approached by a voter near Charlotte, North Carolina, in Mecklenburg County, who was having trouble because of the voter ID laws. Because she presents full time as a female, but has not yet had a legal name change. So her driver's license, her voter registration, everything else still has her former male name on it, which she no longer really lives by and never presents as a male. Mm. And they were saying, well, you don't match your ID, so you can't vote. Well, (laughs) that's just crazy. 
That's just absolutely crazy. It's, yeah, it's it's that's tough voting ID. I, I like to say, I, what's wrong with voter ID, man? Well, what's wrong with voter ID is that a lot of people cannot afford to get the requisite ID and the forms of ID they'll allow. For example, they'll allow a gun permit as ID, but they won't allow a student ID as an ID. Why? Because they're targeting specific groups that want to make it harder for them to vote. If you want to solve the problem, I'll tell you how you get voter ID that solves the problem. They don't want to solve the problem. That's not what it's about. Right. And I'm going to tell you, this former speaker of the Pennsylvania House, a guy by the name of Mike Terzai, let this cat out of the bag way back in 2012 when he said, and I quote, voter ID laws which will make which will deliver Pennsylvania's electoral votes to Governor Romney done. Quote, unquote, and you can Google that. His name is Mike Terzai. Okay, you can Google that. They let the cat out of the bag way back then. Mm. Now, if you really want to solve voter ID, and I'm not opposed to voter ID. Okay. I want you to understand that. Right? All but right, tell me. Everybody gets a voter registration card when they register to vote, right? Mm -hmm. We go to the DMV, we get our driver's license, they have our photos digitized. Mm -hmm. Have you ever lost a driver's license and had to get a duplicate copy? They send you a duplicate copy with your old digitized photo. They have it. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that the county boards of election could not get access to those digitized photos and put them on a voter a voter registration card. Now you've got your picture ID, which costs you nothing. But doesn't that mean you'd already have an ID, a driver's license probably on you? Well, if you have a driver's license, that's great. But what if you're somebody that doesn't drive? What if you're what if you're would you would your picture be digitized if you if you were a person who didn't drive? Well, you could then go into any DMV and get a picture taken for the purposes of voter ID. At no cost, you're saying? At no cost, yes. Now, the way we ended up solving this in North Carolina, and this came about because of this case of this uh, voter in Mecklenburg County, now our county boards of elections are required upon request to give a voter card to any person that wants one that is registered to vote with their picture on it. So that, for example, were I still my, my former name legally, but I present all the time as Angela, I could get Angela's picture put on a card which has my legal name on it. And then that would be valid for ID purposes for voting and harassment ended. So that if my driver's license, for example, didn't match my presentation, well, this card would, and it's at no cost. I mean, that's good. Yeah, people always say these are like uh, voting poll taxes, trying to keep... Uh... Well, yeah, it's, it's essentially that is what it is, because it does cost money to get these IDs. Essentially, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an end run around what the 25th Amendment, I think, is what did, did away with poll taxes. Am I correct? I don't know. We spent maybe a day on that, if at all. Okay, I think it was the 25th. Yeah. Ugh. So it's the tension between democracy and constitutional republic and 
That, no, no, no. Really- it, it, it is a it is a thing where some people don't want certain people to vote because they won't vote the way they want them to vote. That's just okay. wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and they go on about voter fraud. How about election fraud? How about election fraud? Let's take a look at the 2018 race for North Carolina District Nine down here. Okay, Mark Harris. Mark Harris was found to have used an operative by the name of McCray Dowless to change and collect a number of ballots from people in his favor. And they had to have an entire new election in which Harris was no longer a candidate. Hmm. As it turned out, it got won by potty Dan Bishop. So, you know, and Dan Bishop, by the way, was the guy who was the instigator of HB2 here in North Carolina. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, life. <laughs> but at any rate, you know, it's fucking JK you know, Rowling. I, I, you know, I just got to say this real quick about about all these people that, you know, they come after us transgender people in all these different ways. But basically what they're all saying, they're saying the same thing. They're basically saying that we're perverts. OK, they want to accuse trans people of being perverts. You've, I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I find it a little ironic. I find it a little ironic that the people who are running around insisting that we're perverts, they're the ones who are hung up about our genitalia. Mm. Who's the pervert? Mm. Why do they care what my genitalia is? You know, Mm. if I am not whipping my genitalia out in public and I'm not using my genitalia on you. I guess they don't want to live in a world where you exist. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, that's what. I, but that's what I'm saying. If I'm not whipping my genitalia, they want genitalia, you to. They like, want you to suppress, if, if I'm not whipping my genitalia think, out yeah. in public, and I'm not using my genitalia on you, what you know difference what it does it make to you what my genitalia is? It doesn't. I, I think a lot of them would say that we just think we're right about this, and what we mean by that is you're not. What they trans. mean by it is they think that we're disgusting. That's no, what actually, we gross actually, them out. No, we no, 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 them out. no, 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 no. Actually, I think it's no, they say, Angela, you're not trans. Trans doesn't exist. This isn't real. You have a dysphoria and uh, this and that. But they would deny your reality, I think. Yes, that's exactly what they would do. And they would have me try to somehow make a miserable existence as a a guy that I never was. I'm Mm. not wired. I mean, I said this at the beginning. We're not wired the same. You are a cisgender man, I assume, correct, Brian? I think so, yeah. You're a cisgender, straight, heterosexual yeah. man. Yeah, right? the best of my I'm knowledge. not wired like you are. I might have been born in a male body just like you were. Mm. But you're wired differently than I am. Yeah. No, I I don't deny your reality. I mean, I don't mean well, to. I know, that's, but that's what I'm saying. You that's know what, what I mean? makes my reality different from yours. Right. And what is reality for anybody other than. How you feel? Well, it, it is it is a sum of our experiences, right? I guess. Our reality yeah. is nothing more than the sum of our experiences. And your experiences are different than mine. Of course, my reality is different than yours. Yeah. Yes. Of course, my reality is different from everybody else's. Even other trans people don't yeah. have the same reality. I That's my starting point is my starting point is I like the case about bodily autonomy. But I think these guys don't like it because 
it basically says that the states have no authority to pass a law such as no killing yourself. You know, suicide is an interesting. So there, there are these different avenues you can go when you look at the, the legal rationales and states who traditionally have had the power to make laws about uh, police power, which is health, safety, morals. I love that. Pick that up from law school, health, safety, morals. And so these people who don't understand you and don't trust and believe that you're real, they want to make laws because they want to, in their mind, protect the community from believing the, what they think is bullshit. And that's just the problem. Well, that's they, too bad if that's I, what they I, think. I, They don't yes. have a right to negate my existence. Right. I know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm searching for this. And why that, should they have a legal basis? Why should they have mm-hmm. a legal basis or a legal right to deny my existence? Yeah, it's a fascinating. It's not a fascinating issue. And we're I mean, if they want the to deny the, my existence in their head all they want to, they're yeah. more than welcome to do it. We're coming in up fact, against. I would, in fact, I would be so glad if they would. Right. No, I understand. It's a very, I mean, it's very painful. Alone. Angela, let me, since we're only up against 30 seconds or so, this is a painful topic. Um, I thank you so much for all your efforts. I know you're making a lot of changes and a lot of difference. It's a, it's a people, you know, whether it's Jews or black people, people who have been marginalized. It's very difficult. So I just want to thank you. It's thank you for joining me again. Uh, this is a issue that is in flux and I'm going to work to help bring about more education because you can't deny people's realities. This that's step one. You can well, figure I everything else out from there. Because yeah. it, again, it helps to educate and to dispel yeah. it. Dispelling ignorance is the phrase that got cut off as we were running against the Zoom clock. But I want to thank Angela again for that incredible conversation. Very helpful to me. And I want to thank all you guys for listening. Appreciate you all. Have a great week. I'll see you next Saturday.